0: Hello everyone and welcome. To our next interview, I'm excited about today's session because not only are we going to be talking about careers, we're going to be talking about the idea that for many of us, there is an opportunity for us to drive change through the careers that we choose. And I think my guest today is the perfect example of that. I often talk about starting businesses, being entrepreneurs, but I'm really, really deeply rooted in the idea that many of us can drive change as vegans by taking on careers and opportunities to not only shed light on the change that we want to make for the world and for animals, but also the opportunity to even rise to the level that my guest has done today, where he's gotten involved in driving change, driving legal change, really making protections for ethical vegans out there, many changes that have been made to protect animals, and really carrying this amazing title of being a vegan zoologist, I think not only intrigues me as a vegan myself, but as a person that gets so inspired from people that have dri- driven not only change locally, but change that has echoed around the globe. So first, I want to just welcome my guest. Thank you so much for joining me, um, Jordi Casamiana. I think I said that correct, didn't I? More or
1: less, more or less, yes.
0: Casamijana. Jana. thank you. Um, I'm so glad you joined me today. This is such a wonderful opportunity.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's lovely
0: to be here. Great. So let's talk about your background. Before we talk about really some of the amazing work that you've been doing and your new book, I want to give people a little bit of background into who you are, how you found this career, and how and what maybe inspired you to kind of bring your vegan passion into not only becoming a zoologist, but really helping and saving animals.
1: Well, uh, my... Origin begins in another country. I'm from the UK at the moment. I'm a British citizen, but I wasn't born here. Probably you can notice in my accent and my name. I was born in Catalonia in the south of, of Europe. And uh, in, in the 60s, and that was the time where the Catalans were under the oppressive regime of a fascist dictator called General Franco from the Spanish dictator. And as a Catalan, I kind of felt that oppression as a child. And, okay. and that basically was the reason I became a zoologist and later I became a vegan because I wanted to move away from humans it seemed very dangerous these people that were not even allow me to speak my own language in the street so I, I, I look at animals they look very friendly they look very okay to me I look at people very dangerous so I thought I just want to spend time with animals and zoology is the study of animals that was perfect for me so I did my degree in zoology studying. in Animals, and particularly ethology, which is animal behavior, the studies of animals in the wild, which is what I wanted to do. But then when I started work, working with them, especially wasps, these are the first animals I started working with, wasps, which are very really dangerous for people. People don't like them, but I thought, well, nobody probably studied them. I will do that. By observing them, I had the first amazing realization that animals are far more intelligent, far more persons than mm-hmm. people think. I saw experience, with, I had experience with wasps that made me realize these, these are civilizations I'm looking at here. I'm not just yes. animals. Uh, They're they so badly treated. They are so much more than people think about it, that other than researching them and looking at what they do, I want to protect them. So that's why I started to move from scientists to animal protectionist. Which eventually led me to leave the country because I couldn't leave professionally in Catalonia at the time as a professional zoologist and a professional animal protectionist. And I looked around, and the UK was the perfect place. Since the UK has a very strong animal protection base and many organizations that you can work with them. And 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 that I decided that's going to be my career: helping animal animals as a zoologist, but in animal protection organizations in the UK. But while I was doing that. At one point, I had the cognitive dissonance that we all face that realizing I'm trying to protect some animals, but yet I'm eating some animals or I'm wearing some animals in my shoes. That makes no sense at all. I should become a vegan. And I become a vegan about 20 years ago.
0: That is amazing. And I think a lot of us had that realization as we started to say, what can we do to protect animals? How do we live better um, and take care of everyone? Um, it really is kind of a aha moment for a lot of people. Now, did you find that it was tricky or challenging to be kind of a vegan zoologist? Because, you know, for a lot of people, um Some careers, you know even careers that are meant to you know be in support of animals, some careers have some habits, have some you know traditions that sometimes can conflict with our vegan ethics.
1: You're right. Uh, the case about zoology is not that complicated because many zoologists are like me. They, we don't we like to see animals in the world. that's why we started. Normally we saw documentaries and then we thought yeah, I want to do that. Rather than working in a zoo or places like that, which some do, but this is not normally a zoologist's world. This is a zoo person's world. If you become a scientist, then you, at one point you, would, you want to see animals doing what they do. And in the zoos, they don't do what they do. They do uh, behaviors that are natural and caused by neurosis that, that captivity created on them. You want to see them in the world. So many zoologists like myself do go out into the world. Other professions like a vet is the same problem. A vet might be somebody that wants to help animals and then suddenly realize that half of the profession goes to animal agriculture, perpetuating mm-hmm. the suffering of animals, while others they want to look after dogs and cats. So it's the same thing. So the same profession might lead to completely different positions. One is very much into helping animals and protecting them, other into helping those that exploit them. So that means for me as a zoologist, always, from the very beginning, I already realized, well, this is something I have to do in conjunction of protecting them, not instead of. Therefore, I will have to find jobs that fit this. And I was lucky because many of the animal protection organizations I worked, uh, they needed research, they needed science, they needed to show what the animals do, why they suffer. So the experience and the knowledge about zoologists was helpful for the campaigns they were trying to achieve. When you want to buy something, for instance, you want have to have be able to prove to the world why these animals suffer, what this animal needs to do in the world, why is not doing it in the conditions that kept So all of these can help in, in improving all that.
0: And that's so important because I think we, for many of us, okay. Our interaction is not with animals in the wild. For many of us, it's either what we've seen on TV or maybe when we were younger and someone took us to a zoo or something like that. And therefore, we don't have that firsthand knowledge. Um, and even for people who maybe have not had their vegan aha moment, they really haven't made that connection. So I think it's so important to have individuals like you bring that information to us to help us understand what those behaviors are and what are some of those differences in how. How animals really love to live um, in, in their own inhabit, you know, in their own kind of environment and so forth, and not in the places that we've unfortunately created for them.
1: No, you're right, and also uh, the good thing about zoology is that you kind of understand the problem much faster. First, you by watch, watch watching animals, no matter which species. You immediately understand how they obviously deserve respect. They obviously are intelligent. They solve problems that you won't be able to solve. They obviously this des- are uh, 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 just other creatures like ourselves in this planet trying to survive as we do. So we you connect you connect very easily. Then obviously the challenge is uh, persuading other people to arrive into the same conclusions without having the experience of seeing the animals' life doing what they do, and that is part of science. Science is. Convincing the rest of the scientific community that whatever you're studying, the studying is true, is you're collecting data to prove something is true. Well, that's the same thing. To prove that an animal is sentient, to prove that an animal suffers, that to prove an animal uh, doesn't deserve to be treated in the way it's treated, science helps, and therefore, as a scientist, can build research and produce research that help other people to understand the, the, the ordeal the, the animals endure. And with the hope that I will change their attitude and eventually people will treat them
0: better. Yeah. And I know for some of us, we've been wishing and hoping. We want people to treat animals better. But it seems like we also need protections in place. We also need laws in place. So how did you make that kind of transition or that leap from being a zoologist, you know, working, making these reports to kind of taking it to maybe a legal approach and starting to think about do laws need to be changed? Do we need to enforce laws? They're even on the books. Um, and how do we make sure that the true protections are actually being enforced?
1: Uh, this is a good question, because in reality, the role of a scientist and the role of a, a judge or the role of a lawyer in the legal world, they're not that dissimilar, because they're all about the truth. A scientist is about showing what happens in nature. A lawyer is what showing what happened in a legal case. A judge had to decide what's true, what's not true. So it's all about proving to somebody else with evidence What's happening? Why is the truth? Therefore, it wasn't that a big jump for me to start to apply my scientific knowledge, trying to find out how animals behave, what they want, what they need, into trying to prove judges and politicians, why a practice is wrong, why something should be banned, why a particular act- activity is very negative for the animals and causes a lot of suffering. So it was still the same issue, convincing somebody about the truth. So I applied the same principles, and I did the same thing. Rather than persuading the general public, and now I have to persuade a politician or a judge in the case of evidence for prosecutions, because what I've done through my profession, I've been involved sometimes in campaigns that develop new laws that ban things, and then uh, also in implementing those laws, trying to prosecute those abritants or obtaining evidence of people breaking the laws and, and abusing animals breaking these laws. So I've been involved in all those aspects. And although seem very different, for me, I approach them in the same way. It's all about the truth. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's the key is we have to let that truth shine through because there's plenty of organizations, there's plenty of, you know, even habits and sometimes even cultural things that have existed that are harming animals, but it's kind of pulled away from the public, it's not in the public eye. And if we can get not only the light to shine on it, um, but also get um, our legal system active in ensuring that everyone really has the right to live um, is, is, is just amazing. So let's talk about really... The just amazing work that you've done. Um, let's talk about, and just for everyone, maybe in my audience who isn't as familiar with um, the amazing work that you've been doing, whether we're talking about um, the work that you did specifically on the, um, Hunting Act of 2004, and then also the work that you've done in the UK, um, about getting legal perf- um, protections for ethical vegans. Let's, let's dive into that and make sure that our audience understands not only the level of the change that you've made, but how impactful the work that you've, you've done. So let's, let's give them a little bit of that detail.
1: Okay, well, in the the case of hunting, uh, hunting with dogs has been banned in the case since 2004, uh, hunting mammals with dogs, uh, which is a traditional sport, fox hunting, star hunting, you've seen in films many times, uh, in films, Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins, the film you see a scene of fox hunting. Well, that's been banned since 2004 because obviously it's very cruel to animals. And many organizations and campaigners has been campaigning for the ban for years, and I just joined one organization at a time uh, just to, again, collect information to be able to prove that suffer that the suffering of, of the foxes, the suffering of the deer, because deer is also hunting of hares of animals. And eventually, in it was banned. But the thing that happened is that many uh, hunters decided to hunt illegally, decided to ignore the law, Thinking yes. that they're above, above everybody else. They tend to see be people rich and powerful in society. They think the law doesn't apply to them. They thought, well, wow, this is just not going to apply to me. There was a lot of that going on. So the, the next work I had to do specifically, and that's what I contributed more, is in trying to prosecute those hunters, trying to go and uh, get investigators uh, following them, gather evidence, produce prosecutions and, and and basically, achieve successful prosecutions. And it's the first successful prosecutions under the Hunting Act uh, that happened in the UK where investigations I was running with my team, with the organizations I was working. And uh, and uh, over the years, I started to identify with alibis they were using with something that's called trail hunting, which is. They say it's illegal, but it's just a, an alibi, is a, a cover for illegal mm-hmm. hunting. So exposing all that was a matter of getting information, that footage, research, and showing, producing reports. I've wrote many reports. There's a report called Trail of Lies that I produced, which is the report that exposed the lies of trail hunting as a false alibi for illegal hunting. So I spent some time doing this for several organizations. This is one aspect I work. But the one I probably contributed more personally is the latest uh, uh, case in which ethical veganism, as you said, ended up being protected as a philosophical belief in the UK. It's a protected class in the UK. We say we call it protected characteristics. In the US, we call it protected class. And that happened because I was fired for a job for being a vegan. And after. Uh, Kind of two years litigation in which I realized that the main reason why it was fired was that boy was a I decided to challenge my former employer to uh, the employment tribunal, which is the core system that deals with this sort of thing, and I won. So I basically, the. What had to happen, though, is that the Equality Act 2010, which is the law that deals with discrimination, says that philosophical beliefs are also protected, as are other things like age, marital status, sexual orientation, all these sort of things. It says philosophical beliefs are, but it doesn't specify which. And there is a system to choose which ones are protected, which ones are not.
0: Absolutely. And I think there's, I mean, there's so much in what you just said that, that's amazing is, you know, a lot of times there are laws on the books, but until they've been challenged, until a judge actually says yes, under this law, vegans are protected, and then, like you say, then you have to go through the case um, with your previous employer. I don't think a lot of times people understand the process. They understand what it really takes for us to not only get those laws on the books, but make sure they're actually enforced and making sure that we have the legal system behind us. So I think that it's just amazing what you've been able to really pioneer. And also it's amazing that you created an opportunity, not just in the UK, but it creates a level of precedent for all of us worldwide. Um, but I also want to talk about the impact of it because, you know, when you are a pioneer, when you have these opportunities, um, To be the first, it can be crazy. It can be um, interesting um, to really get that message out there and see the world's response to it. So, is there anything that you were kind of surprised by when you started to be, you know, get that recognition? And are there some things that maybe happen that you were maybe not even expecting to happen, but they became such an amazing part of that experience? Maybe you can share a couple of those things with us. Sure, many
1: things. Really, uh, the scale of the interest of the world that was surprising. to me. I knew that people will be interested in the UK or in the vegan world. I yes. never expected. Then the association of medical doctors of South Africa would have a website talking about me or the mason, the, the Freemasons in Scotland change their rules because of my legal case. So because mm-hmm. they have leather things and so they remove them because of my, legal. or that the firefighters, they would not be uh, obliged to have leather in the UK automatically. They have. Uh, vegan equipment if they are vegan. What's happening so wide and so widespread. Just to give you an idea, uh, the last time I counted, there were, there were more than 1,600 websites in almost 70 countries in the world talking about my story. Just spreading the news. Sometimes countries that you probably wonder whether they have heard the word vegan before, because then in Bosnia, in in Beirut, in places that that I never expected to have that conversation about my legal case. Uh, so it was a good way to spread the message of what's a vegan, what's an ethical vegan, what's a difference with somebody that is an ethical vegan or somebody that just has a vegan diet. And, of course, what because of all this, publicity, I never expected that a publisher approached me and told me, look, you have a story to tell because if you want other people doing the same thing in other countries, you probably need to explain how you did it. So they yes. approached me and I wrote a book. Ethical vegan: a personal and political journey to change the world. In which I explained three stories: the story of my case, so you will know how I did it. Is all there. the story of veganism uh, from the millennia ago to now, and the story of my life, how I became a vegan, how I became zoologist, all, all all the things that put it together. So this book it also was a surprise to me because I never expected to to be approached by a publisher to publish it, and because it happened. When lockdown in the UK, because of the pandemic has started, I was able to write it very quickly in four months. Normally it takes a couple of years to do this. So I was able to produce very short period of time, a book about my story, which means now more people can learn more details about how I did it. And hopefully that uh, will uh, allow other people to try similar things in other countries.
0: Absolutely. I think a book is such an amazing tool to be able to reach the world and also... Help people get caught up. I think sometimes we read the headlines, but it's so amazing when we can hear the backstory. We can hear kind of what it took for you to get where you are. So, one thing I would say about the book is the book's available in the US now and it came out the end of last year, correct? Yeah, it came out
1: in December 2020 for most of the world except the US and in March this year, 21. In the U.S. and Canada, so now it's available everywhere uh, from any online shop, from any normal shop. In fact, if somebody wants to buy it, I always recommend go to your local shop, ask for it, and they will order it, and that will make more people to buy it.
0: Absolutely, I always tell people to do that: ask for it, ask for it, and request it, because that's how we spread um, veganism. That's how we spread the message, and that's also how we drive awareness, because. This is so important for people. This is so important as, you know, we advocate for more and more people to even bring veganism into their careers. We want to make sure they're protected. We want to make sure they're not discriminated against. And for someone to understand your story, for someone to see what you've been able to accomplish, it can really be inspirational and it can also maybe help someone out that has been discriminated against or someone who's been unfortunately in a scenario where they haven't been able um, or been given access to the equipment that they needed that's vegan, um, friendly, and so forth. So I just think it's amazing. And it's, it's kind of interesting because one of the things we love to talk about on the podcast is this idea of pivoting, this idea that you know, as we kind of run this race of life, (laughs) there's always an opportunity for us to do things differently. And we don't know always what's in store. And I think what's amazing about your story is, you know, where you started, you know, your background, being a zoologist, you know, being a vegan zoologist and really the work that you're doing, the impact that you made kind of, and and continue to make, I would even say is amazing. And I don't know if we all kind of were able to predict the future if we would have maybe predicted this, you know, I, I think it's so amazing when we have stories like yours that really just become this amazing, not only journey, but this amazing inspiration for us as ethical vegans and how even in a time like the pandemic, when many of us were locked down, it created an opportunity for you to write a book and created an opportunity for you to get your message and your story out to even a wider audience.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's all about opportunities. You just said it. Uh, I wasn't planned to be fired. That was an opportunity that the world gave me. I wasn't planned to write the book. Anything that has happened in my life, I wasn't planned to be born in a country oppressed by a fascist dictator. Who is wants this? But these what? are things that you might look at them and see them as a negative thing that drives you down and, and depresses you, or as an opportunity to turn things around, to shake the system to look deeper at the things that are obscure, to understand better who you are, what you want to be. And I've been lucky that i always seen obstacles as opportunities. And every time there is one, something better than the obstacle itself came afterwards. And I think that's the lesson for me. I would like people to learn more than how I did things because circumstances were vary in each person and things were different, is that this fact that I didn't plan any of this, the good things that happened in my life happened because I pay attention to the things that were happening and when I saw something bad, I look at the other side, at the spin it, at the silver, silver lining of it, and try to see how can I grow with it? How can I learn more? How can I move forward myself and everybody else? And it works. When you look at it yes. this way, there's always something positive you can take. And I think that's what veganism in many respects uh, uh, has this moment in time that we're growing as a community. There are more vegans everywhere else because We've done that. We've seen the exploitation of animals and the suffering. And rather than crying and shouting and doing nothing, we turn it around. We found a way around, a way to stop it, a way to improve the world. And then we realize, and we're going to help the environment as well. And we're going to reduce global warming. And we're going to stop hunger. Just because when you start turning things around, you can shake the bad things off, not just one, two, or three. And veganism gives you that possibility to solve so many things in a single uh, philosophy, with a single philosophy, with a single approach. But that's what we do in vegans. We're looking at the suffering of others, and in order to eliminate and help them, we help the world to become a better world.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love the way you said that. I love the idea of driving change. I love the idea of, you know, seeking that opportunity. And like you said, sometimes the bad things just start shaking off. I, I love the, the way you said that um, because I do think sometimes it can feel and look like an uphill battle. Sometimes we can see a lot of the suffering and we can just, you know, wonder, is it going to change? But I think by looking at your story, but also looking at your impact I think that can be true inspiration for all of us, no matter what career we're in, no matter what part of the world we're in, no matter where we are, even in our vegan journey. Um, I think there's just a bit of your story that can inspire all of us. So one thing is, if our audience wants to get in touch with you, if our audience wants to reach out with you, um, connect with you, what's the best way? Leave a website, social media, what's the best way to keep up with with you?
1: I'm in all social media. In in uh, Facebook, I'm under Jordi Casamigjana. Just look my real name. I in uh, in other like uh, Instagram or Twitter, I use uh, JC Costa, another word. And YouTube Jordi Wasps, as was were the animals I studied first. Jordi Wasps was is in the word. Uh, but really, I, you, if you just go, Google my name, you will find all my. Uh, social uh, uh, social media accounts. That's possibly the best way to get in contact
0: Oh, perfect. So I have to ask, and I don't know if you've figured it out yet, but have you, I mean, you've accomplished so much, you've done so much. Have you figured out what's next? Do you have the next thing that you'd like to do that you're challenging yourself? Are you working on a new project that's maybe not too super secret that you can share it with us? I'm just curious um, what's next in your horizon?
1: Well, what life has told me is that you never know what's next. And and if you think you do, you're looking in the wrong direction. The good thing about life, uh, when you're getting older, like myself, you can see my white hairs, is that uh, you start stopping projecting too much about the future and just pay attention about the present and look at the opportunities to move forward next time. So I'm looking around. I don't know what is going to be the next one. At the moment, I'm writing a lot. I wrote this book. I'm becoming a writer now. I write in many websites now, in vegan websites. I'm becoming a writer. I didn't plan to become a writer a year ago. Now I'm a writer. Who knows next year? But every time I do, everything I do is always one thing in my mind, helping animals. That's always, doesn't matter how, as a scientist, as a writer, as a biologist, as a zoologist, anything I do is about helping animals, because since I've been very young, i realized that many animals that need help, not many people helping them, so I bet I don't waste my time doing something else. Uh, So therefore, as long as I can help animals in one way or another, either helping them directly or helping people to stop using them, that's what I want to do.
0: Oh, That is wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for giving us a little bit of background into how you got to where you are. And thank you for inspiring me and others. Um, as we all move forward and also be a little more present (laughs) and really make sure we're looking around and looking for those opportunities to help animals um, and help others um, and make sure that we're making this kind of world a better place. Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. Great. Well, thank you everyone else who's also joined us. If you joined us live or if you're watching this as a replay, we really, really appreciate you being here. We appreciate you joining in on this discussion. We appreciate your comments and we appreciate you sharing kind of how this maybe interview kind of touched you. So feel free to post them, even if you're watching this as a replay, because I'm always checking it out and looking to see how these interviews are impacting many of you out there. But we really appreciate your time and really appreciate that many of you joined us today and will be joining us in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Jordi for joining me today. Um, and we're going to wrap up today's session. Bye, everyone.